This is a production of Cornell University. Hello and welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information, brought to you by Cornell University Turfgrass Program in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. My name is Frank Rossi. I'm the Associate Professor of Turfgrass Science here in the Department of Horticulture at Cornell University, and the following are observations and recommendations for the week of April 12, 2010. Well, normal spring temps uh, are are expected this week, and uh, you might want to keep an eye on dry turf. Oddly enough, as the wet weather pushed through the last few weeks, uh, we're seeing really high levels of evapotranspiration and a lot more drying uh, than we normally see in the springtime. More normal temperatures every turn and the dry weather is upon us. Most will welcome the dry conditions, especially in the sports turf area where highly trafficked fields are struggling. Soil temps are still on the cool side and ideal for root growth. Pat Vinton from the University of Massachusetts Massachusetts joins us this week for an update on a crazy start to the annual bluegrass weevil season. No clear predictions, but you'll find some recommendations. Degree day models are beginning to indicate broadleaf weed control moving into ideal range for ester formulation in the New York City metropolitan area. <coughs> Check out the education calendar on the Cornell Turfgrass website and see if your association has their uh, offerings on the calendar. And if not, be sure to contact us. The weather for the week uh, from our climatologist at the Northeast Climate Center. Last week, we had a historically warm week with temperatures 18 to 20 degrees above normal along the lakes and 12 to 15 degrees above normal for the coast. The base 50 growing degree days, now that we've pushed through the base 32 growing degree day model, the season continues to progress about two to three weeks ahead of normal, with most having applied seed head suppression. The optimum timing for spring dandelion control with 2,4-D ester-based materials is moving into the New York metropolitan area. A dry week last week with less than a half an inch of uh, rainfall received region-wide and about three-quarters of an inch to one inch of ET with many experiencing a half inch degree, half inch deficit for the week. Soil temperatures in the two inch depth were in the low 50s in the north and low 60s in the south. Forecast for the coming week is following a rainy cool weekend, a dry and normal temp period descends upon the northeast. Expect some dry, expect some early week frost in the north with some increasing temperatures as the week progresses. There's chance for showers later in the week, but overall expect a dry week. Long-term models calling for dry conditions to continue. Check out all the weather information and predictive maps at our forecast website at www.nrcc.cornell2ls.edu backslash grass. And on that site this week, you'll notice very low disease risks across the region with the dry temperatures. The Cornell Cooperative Extension update from the Finger Lakes begins with Walt Nelson. Uh... Bittercress is flowering, chickweed, henbit, and violets. Violets seem a little bit early this year. Dandelion buds are pea size in the bottom of the vase. Forsythia is not at peak period. Some sports field mowing, lots of rolling, lots of turf repair underway. It's sufficiently dry to work on the lawn without wheel marks. The Capital District, Dave Chinnery update. A number of interesting inquiries about snow mold issues. Many of these has come from areas of higher elevation where snow cover might have been more persistent. Report from the Adirondacks. Forsythia is starting to show some color. And a very interesting follow-up article on the climate change issue in the April 12th issue of the New Yorker magazine. The Sports Turf Report from Joanne Grudadorio, our Sports Turf Specialist. Starts out with equipment calibration. 
Spreading fertilizer or granular pesticide should not be a guessing game. Applying an incorrect amount of fertilizer will give you poor results whether you under or over apply the material. Pesticides are very rate specific and applying an insufficient amount of pesticide may result in poor control of the pest. To obtain the best results, all spreaders and sprayers should be calibrated routinely to be sure you are applying materials at the recommended rate. Spreader settings will change with different materials you are applying, so you will have to recalibrate your equipment each time a new material is used. Early season fertilization. Fields fertilized in late October to mid-November, usually green up first in the spring. These fields may not need a heavy fertilization at this time. Rates greater than three-quarters of a pound of quickly available nitrogen could cause excessive shoot growth, requiring more frequent mowing. Also, excessive shoot growth will use up stored nutrients and will impact root growth, leaving the roots the turf less prepared to handle summer stress. However, applying a half to three-quarters of a pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet can be helpful to fields recovering from early spring sports. If your fields are looking good, you may want to delay your first application until mid-late May when three-quarters to one pound of N per thousand can be applied. With mowers, make sure your mower blades are sharp. Delay mowing on fields that are waterlogged to prevent rutting. Mow frequently to encourage turf density. The annual bluegrass weevil update from Pat Vidham from the University of Massachusetts. What is going on this spring? The most surprising aspect of this early spring is the lack of difference from north to south in the region. Many areas in the Hudson Valley and upstate are at equal stage to downstate. Normally we expect northern areas to be a full two weeks behind, but this year they are at pace with the southern areas. The last few years we have had a warm surge early, then followed by persistent cold snap. So far we've had very warm and lengthy start and no real cold snap where temps have dipped below freezing. Therefore, a well-timed first spray for emerging adults might be very effective as it is possible we will have a synchronous big peak of emergence and not the asynchronous multiple peaks that have left us with multiple generations causing damage over the season. Other predictors such as DuPont suggest that two of three factors required for treatment have been reached. That is, for Scythia at full bloom and large numbers of weevils. Now, as far as intervention, pyrethroids for adult control. The traditional adulticide approach using the pyrethroids would be the treatment at this time unless you have confirmed resistance. Resistance kits are available from Yukon's rich cows. If resistance is confirmed, then you have the option of using a PBO additive to overcome the resistance or you use Dersbran where it is appropriate and legal. Using Provant and Acelaprin. Provant is a larvicide and therefore applications at this time are not likely to be effective. Ideal timing for Provant is very, is very narrow and typically when the third instar is leaving the stem of the plant. This will likely still be before significant damage will occur but will require some close observation. There is still not a good strategy established for effective use of Acelaprin for annual bluegrass weevil. There appears to be an extended period when Acelaprin needs to be applied then taken up and translocated, and as of right now, this is not well understood. That said, there is a proposed control spray program that suggests an early season pyrethroid, followed two weeks later by acelaprin and two weeks later by Provence. Finally, there is some evidence that conserve might be effective on the annual bluegrass weevil, but there is some concern that rates required might not be allowable, and there's some considerable cost associated with this approach. Bottom line, in all the years of observing annual bluegrass, this is among the oddest with emergence patterns and inability to predict ideal control windows. The variety of products and programs does offer options, but it's still recommended to keep scouting and expect to have to implement programs quickly.
My Gazing in the Grass uh, section for this week starts with early season annual bluegrass conditions. Thinking about the things we do to golf turf in the spring, it seems we need to be mindful of PGR use. There's little question about the benefit of annual bluegrass seed head suppression, but some of the cooler weather has led to some stunted yellowing turf, especially for those who applied very early and even made follow-up applications. The use of a plant growth regulator such as Proxy or Ethafon is a more aggressive growth regulator when compared to Primo that almost can be considered a growth management tool as it seems to alter rather than regulate growth. In either case, it's wise to consider the intense regulation incurred by this strategy, and while there is data that indicates a strong health benefit to suppressing seed heads, subsequent aggressive culture practices can negate those benefits. By all means, keep up with the Primo program, but be mindful of your surfaces when or if you are considering more than two applications of seed head suppression this spring. How is late season fertilization looking now? With funding from NYSTA, we made applications of three forms of nitrogen, ammonium sulfate, IBDU, and sustain at four rates from a quarter, half, three quarters, and one pound of N per thousand, and four timings of September 15th, October 15th, November 15th, and December 15th at two locations at Ithaca and Long Island. We're still collecting data, but preliminary observations of color indicate that in both locations, the soluble source of ammonium sulfate at the quarter pound rate was not significantly different from high rates and from other sources. Stay tuned for more information as the spring progresses. Finally, Primo and Astron. There have been some questions regarding the use of Astron antagonizing Primo activity. In fact, there has been citing of research at Penn State that some say refutes this effect. Upon close inspection of this research, clipping data from Table 3 from July through August, you will see a numerical increase on a few dates in growth and statistically increases in growth on other dates. A more definitive study was published by Dernoden in the USGA Green Section March-April issue from 2002. Clearly, these studies show there is some ta- antagonism associated with Astron on Primo activity, and I would recommend avoiding the use of Astron if you're on a Primo program. And finally, a program update. The New York State Turfgrass Education Calendar, a list of all available turfgrass educational events, can be found at the Cornell Turfgrass website. We've scoured the web and contacted key leaders for their industry events. If your group events are not listed, please contact us immediately as we hope to be one-stop shopping, keeping you aware of opportunities from associations and Cornell Cooperative Extension for DEC and professional uh, and professional CEUs. Thank you for joining me for the weekly installment of the Cornell Turfgrass Shortcut Podcast, your weekly connection to turfgrass information. I'm Frank Rossi, Associate Professor of Horticulture here at Cornell University, and I hope you have a great week. This has been a production of Cornell University, on the web at cornell.edu.